What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered, episode number 198. We're here on Wednesday, July 15th. Before we jump into the show, we have a very important message from the Trump campaign who we've partnered with. Obviously, you know, we here at Triggered are in full support of the president's re-election and will be working very hard for it over the next three and a half months. We are close to 100 days until the election. President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. We will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him at the convention. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text TRIGGERED to 88022 today for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention. Again, that's TRIGGERED. T-R-I-G-G-E-R-E-D to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. This message was paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. Now joining us is our favorite guest, Katie Pad, which triggered favorite guest the best. Totally the best. So Matt and I were fortunate and, enough. And Megan, still the best. Amazing. You're back. The <laughs> yes. Best. All these months later, you know, the pandemic, everything, still the best. <laughs> um so Matt and I were fortunate enough to be with Katie when she interviewed President Trump yesterday at the White House, uh, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, first off, thanks for coming on, Katie. Obviously, we know you got a busy schedule this afternoon. First off, the me. obvious question here is, you know, what, obviously we were there, but you were the one interviewing the president. What was it like to interview the president and, you know, have such a chance to talk with him? Well, they... So the, the advanced team and the press um, folks who set up these interviews told me that, um, who have been great, by the way, <laughs> they told me I was only going to get 10 minutes. So leading up to the interview, it's like, okay, how do you get to anything relevant in just 10 minutes? Because the president is very transparent and open and accessible, but 10 minutes for him to answer one question is usually the norm. So right. I had to kind of figure out you know, what's the most relevant topic to ask about if I only get one question in? Luckily, the president was very gracious with, with his time and gave us something like 17, 18 minutes of his time. So we did get to almost everything I wanted to ask him about. So, you know, we were outside. It was it was getting hot. Uh, the lighting <laughs> situation was getting, you know, you guys are very flexible and making sure the lighting was changing as the sun was coming around the corner in the Rose Garden. Um, but it's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. I've always wanted to interview the president. Um, finally got the opportunity. was very grateful. Um, obviously, a little bit intimidating for your first time yeah. interviewing the president of the United States. But I got to say, going from intern at Town Hall many, many years ago, stuffing books and envelopes to this was a pretty big moment for me. So, you know, strategically, it was a little difficult because he... You don't want to interrupt as a, a journalist. You don't want to interrupt or be rude. But you also want to get to all of your questions. So, so there were certain times where I tried to fo ask a follow-up question or interject a little bit. Um, didn't have a ton of luck doing that, but he did get to most of my questions. So we got lucky. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the president could talk for 30 minutes on one question. So I think <laughs> yeah. it was great you got all those topics into into the same interview. Well, unlike um, President Obama, you know, President Obama would purposely <laughs> get asked you know, he would hold a press conference and he would purposely answer without any kind of real substance for long periods of time. So he wouldn't have to take multiple questions. Yeah, Whereas president, take as many questions as you want, basically, 
or at least, you know, that they really do have time for and answer as many as he possibly can. So although his answers can be long, um, which is good because he's very thorough <laughs> in answering the question. With information. You know, like you said, it's not the Obama filibuster. Right. It's, it's, so that's, that's the difference, I would say. Yeah. So let's listen and, and run through some of the key clips from that interview yesterday. First, the uh, let's let's talk about the couple in St. Louis, the McCluskeys, because the president had some pretty strong words of defense for them. Uh, so let's listen to that clip and then uh, we'll talk about it. Roll that clip, Mr. Producer. And when you look at St. Louis with two people that came out, they were going to be beat up badly if they were lucky. OK, if they were lucky, they were going to be beat up badly and the house was going to be totally ransacked and probably burned down like they tried to burn down churches. And these people were standing there, never used it, and they were legal, the weapons. And now I understand somebody local, they want to prosecute these people. Mm -hmm. It's a disgrace. So what, what do you think about that? I thought that was a very uh, full-throated defense that he gave there. Yeah, so I didn't ask directly about the McCluskey family. This, of course, right. is the, the family in St. Louis that defended themselves with firearms on their private property when a Black Lives Matter mob, you know, the media calls them protesters but they were a mob they broke down the gate they went under private property they were asked to leave multiple times they were threatened by someone in the crowd who had two loaded magazines that they tapped together according to mark mccluskey who's done a couple of interviews now i asked the president about law and order and the violence that continues in cities across the country uh in places that are led by democrats and he voluntarily brought up this defense of this couple because according to mr mcclowski the uh, DA, the very leftist DA in St. Louis, is is possibly going to indict them, despite the fact that they did nothing wrong. You know, if Missouri has a stand your ground law and has Castle Doctrine, it does not require you to retreat um, at all. And the mob was asked to leave, and they refused. So um, he brought it up and defended them and said, you know, they did nothing wrong. They were simply just defending themselves and their property. And he went a little further and said, you know, the American people aren't going to put up with this for very long. You know, people aren't going to put up with their, their homes and private property and their lives being threatened forever. Right. So, yeah, um, it was, it was what, interesting what thing most, that you brought up on its own. Yeah, well, what I found most interesting uh, was that uh, your interview was actually talked about this morning on Morning Joe, which I'm sure is a favorite show of all of our listeners oh, here. Wow. <laughs> <I hear that. laughs> and they left out the key details that this mob had broken through the gate to this private mm -hmm. property and was intimidating and threatening them verbally. And I just think that kind of dishonesty in the left-wing media is just rampant at this point. But like you said, in, in Missouri, they have both the standard round and castle doctrine. So I, I see this legally as like flawless what they, what they did, right? Like you could yeah. argue about they're handling of the guns and all right. that from a Second Amendment angle. Yeah. But mm -hmm. legally, I mean, and they're lawyers too. So I don't see how they're going to prosecute this. And it seems to be just a completely political prosecution because, like Mr. McCluskey said, this same DA has let rioters completely all free yep. that have destroyed property, burned buildings down, done all terrible things. Well, there's two arguments here there's the moral argument which the left has chosen which side of that argument they come down on. They've clearly come down on the side of the rioters and the criminals who have been doing harm uh, to innocent people for weeks on end now. And then there's the legal argument. You know, morally, I think anybody, no matter where you are, 
has the right to defend their lives and their property with a firearm from an angry, violent mob that has broken into your home and into mm-hmm. your property. And and that, that that's just a human rights issue. Like you have the right to defend your life and your property. Now, that's not the same everywhere in the country, like New York City, right. good luck. But legally in Missouri, if you are on someone's property, you are a threat. That alone, trespassing alone is, is a threat enough, not to mention mob of lots of people trespassing on your property. So I just think that it's very clear when you have people like the folks at Morning Joe, you know, making the argument that these this couple wasn't justified. And I would hope that anybody in this country who had a mob like that come onto their property and threaten them, especially after seeing what happened in St. Louis with buildings being burned to the ground and businesses being looted, that they would have the right to defend themselves. But apparently the people in the media, until it comes to their door, like when it went to CNN and they built a a fence around it and got security, (laughs) okay, right? Like it's okay for media outlets to hire security or the Minneapolis uh, city council to use taxpayer money to defend themselves when it comes to a real American couple with literally a mob on their front yard defending themselves, somehow they have a problem with it. So I think the morals there are pretty clear, which is interesting considering they're always virtue signaling to the rest of us about how we should behave. (laughs) So spot on. And you know what I what I particularly found interesting about the president, you know, also going on in this and when you asked him about law and order, was talking about violent Democrat-run cities, the crime spiking in these cities, those Democrat leaders, if you want to use that word, allowing uh, the citizens of these cities to run rampant and loot and riot, destroy property, and he he also said, and uh, like you you foreshadowed, the American people are only going to take this for so long. Mm-hmm. Right. The average American in this country does not want these things to be happening. In fact, we had polls before that came out that said uh, plurality said that there wasn't enough use, uh, force used in putting down some of these these mobs. So let's take a listen to what he had to say about that yesterday, particularly about the backlash comment. Roll that clip. And I say to the police, you are loved. You are respected. This is a small group of crazy people. Just stay where you are. It's going to be turned around. It's going to be a turn. It's going to, you're going to have, people better be very careful because you are going to have a backlash that's going to be incredible. People better be very careful what they wish for because the American people are not going to take it very much longer. And so, so what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, I think that he's absolutely right in the sense that, look, if you, if you don't allow the police to do their jobs and keep crime limited especially in the most vulnerable areas well survival instinct then kicks in and what are people going to do when the police are not there and there are people attacking themselves and their their family and their property i mean the only last resort is to take the take things into your own hands and nobody wants to do that you know, anybody who owns a firearm knows that the last thing and they want to be doing is defending their life with a firearm or their property or their family. But ultimately, we are survival mode, you know, type. We are we are genetically engineered to survive. And mm-hmm. if the police and Democrats who run these cities aren't going to make it so it feels safe and that that is something that can happen, then people are going to have to take things into their own hands 
and of course they'll be criticized for it and so you know that's that's the issue and, and what are your thoughts as far as the american public uh, especially uh, new first-time gun owners seem to be arming themselves at a record pace how do you think that's going to affect the upcoming election because there's a lot of data out there that shows that gun owners are overwhelmingly voting Republican, even if they don't self-identify as Republican. Do you think that that's going to have a huge impact on this election? Because we're talking about millions of first-time gun owners here over the past few months between the pandemic and these riots. Yeah, the vast majority of, of 9 million new gun purchases over the past six months, the beginning of the year, the vast majority of them are first-time buyers. You know, people say, well, you know, the Democrat talking point today is the president should be focused on the pandemic, not on his old campaign slogan of law and order. Well, law and order is not a campaign slogan when it's happening on your front door, when it's not just happening in downtown somewhere in, in a city that you don't really visit, when it's happening in your suburb. And that's something that people vote on. And when it comes to figuring out who's on your side, because that's what elections are all about, you know, like, what is this politician going to do for me or hurt, you know, do do on my behalf that will maybe hurt me in either an economic way or something else. When you have people like Joe Biden refusing to condemn condemn the riots and, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who once upon a time said that MS-13 shouldn't be called animals because they're all God's creatures. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think people with any kind of common sense look at that and say, no, I, th I think I would like some law and order and not for the streets to be run by criminals like they are being run in these cities and have been for decades. Um, and I think that people realizing that they are going to be their only defense is just a, a harsh reality of the way it is. And the truth is that even if you have a police department, they don't have any kind of legal obligation to protect you from anything. Yeah, and uh, you know we see that happening up in especially New York City. Uh, which is sinking faster than the Titanic up there. That city's just a mess with Bill de Blasio in charge. Um, I'm not sure if you saw just this afternoon, there was a violent attack by rioters on the NYPD, and there was a clash there. Did you see that? I did not see that, no. Middle yeah, of the day. so it was, yeah, middle of the day. And nice. they were just trying to essentially provide security for these protesters, from what I know. And... I believe the chief of police or the, uh, one of the department chiefs who just a few weeks ago was kneeling with these protesters had his head bashed in today. Uh, and there's oh a photo God. of uh, him, you know, with blood coming down out of his head. And he obviously had to go to the hospital. But, you know, the, the police officers that want to protect us are having their arms tied behind their back by these Democrat uh, politicians. Well, an appeasement, obviously of these people who are violent um, is clearly not working. And, yeah. you know, this, I think that the July gun numbers are going to be very interesting in terms of now we're seeing these mass retirements of police officers without incoming classes. Mm -hmm. So this is now becoming a, not just a current problem, but a years long problem where nobody is going to want to be a police officer. It started under the Obama administration during Ferguson and has only gotten worse as a result of the recent riots um, and these mayors capitulating to all of this violence and horrible behavior. So, and you know, the problem too is that it's not, it's okay, so you can think, well, I don't live in New York City. Like the people who live there are responsible for who they vote for, and that is true. But the NYPD is a really important part of Homeland Security. 
And if you don't have people working there, the rest of the country right. as well. Yeah, the NYPD's anti-terrorism unit is, you know, second to none in this country and protects some of the most vital landmarks in total. And you, I think with, I think the gun ownership, you're right, is going to continue to spike through July. I mean, as far as trying to buy something right now, it's pretty much sold out nearly everywhere that I've looked, especially ammunition. Um, So I think the anecdotal evidence is there, obviously, that the sales are continuing to be strong this month. We'll have the data after the month's over. Um, but like you said, we, we're talking now about this, God forbid, Joe Biden wins in November. We're talking about a potentially years-long rapid spike in crime in this country. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's definitely incentivizing people that would have never considered to be a gun owner in the past, you know, five, ten years. They're, they're going out there and getting their weapon, and hopefully they'll get training to go along with it. But I think that's going to be a huge issue going into, the, into November. I mean, I, I've heard from at least five people who would I, who would, who never were gun owners before, who aren't even political people, and asking me for advice on you know what they should buy, where they can get something, what kind of classes they should take. Like it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so let's move on because you you brought up some great points with the president about China, because um, obviously. China has come to the forefront, uh, especially with the pandemic. But even before that, the president was standing up to China on behalf of the country. Last night in the Rose Garden, after the interview, the president announced the signing of the Hong Kong Autonomy Act and an executive order punishing the Chinese Communist Party for their aggressive actions. But the president said that he doesn't plan on stopping there. During the exclusive interview earlier in the day, let's take a listen to what President Trump had to say about what's coming. I'm very upset with China. I think what China did is a disgrace. Whether they knew it or not, I won't get into that. But one thing, they knew it well enough that it didn't get into the rest of China. But it did get out to the rest of the world, including Europe and the U.S. Then they tried to blame it on Europe. Then they tried to blame it on American soldiers. They did everything. It's a China virus. Whether you like it or not, it's a China virus. And you've got 20 other names you can give it. But I am very uh, angry with China. Just to reiterate, you have something coming on enticing yeah, American do. companies we do. out of China. Something very strong. And I think it's very interesting that he brings up enticing American companies to come back. You think that that's going to play a huge role in this election as well? Yeah, I think the, the China issue, especially with the Wuhan coronavirus, as we call it, and the president properly yep. called it the Chinese virus and said it has more. The Chinese virus, yeah. The flu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do think it, it plays a huge role. Uh, and the, the problem is that corporations that operate in China have gotten so big and so rich that they don't have a lot of patriotism left. And they're more focused on, you know, cheap manufacturing in China than actually remembering how brutal this situation was. And I asked him specifically about PPE because when this, at the beginning of this whole thing, you know, China was hoarding all the PPE and even American companies in China that owned PPE factories and had storage of it, uh, the Chinese government came in and stole it all Mm -hmm. or would not let them export it to countries that were trying to buy it, including the United States. So the issue is, are these companies going to really remember how painful it was and how many people China really deliberately hurt 
throughout this process and are they willing to, you know, move their manufacturing to either back to the United States or to another country that's friendlier like Thailand or Vietnam in order to prevent this from happening again. So, you know, in order to do that, we have to, of course, incentivize a better tax system and a better business environment. Um, there's all kinds of reasons outside of, you know, cheap manufacturing that companies leave the United States. So he did tease that he has something coming. He said we would be very impressed by what it is. So I don't know yeah. what that means. Um, but he did say that they have some something coming. So he's going to, he announced actually today that he's going to give a press conference next week to detail what that's going to be. So it definitely will play a role in the election for all kinds of reasons. But as China becomes an even greater enemy and foe against us, um, it's not an issue that's going away for sure. And I don't think Joe Biden's track record on the issue is a good one either. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's going to, as we saw in the Rose Garden uh, press conference last night, no one wants to ask questions about Joe Biden's ties to China. No. Um, and also, they don't, you know, the liberal media has no interest in criticizing China's human rights abuses, their aggression in the South China Sea. I mean, the list goes on and on of, of what they've done to position themselves as an enemy of the United States. And last but not least, uh, part of that interview, you talked about the election itself with President Trump. And he had an interesting take on what he considers to be the biggest threat to this election, which obviously uh, he's been talking about the past few weeks. Let's go ahead and roll that clip. These mail-ins, think of it, some Democrat governor sends in millions of ballots all over the state, like a California, millions of ballots. Who, who are they sending them to? Nobody has any idea. They're sending them to dogs. They actually have been sent to dogs. They sent him, a friend of mine from Westchester County, his son died, unfortunately, great son. He died uh, seven years ago. And my friend called up a couple of nights ago. He said, my son Robert just got sent a ballot, a mail-in ballot. He said, what do I do? I said, save it, give it to me. I want to use it because we're saying that this election, we cannot have a fair election if we're going to have millions of ballots it's not only where they send them, it's where they don't send them. So you have a Republican neighborhood and you have a Democrat governor and they happen to skip that neighborhood. It's a fraud. And it's 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 so easy. It's it will be a rigged election. So what what are your what are your thoughts there on his take on what the biggest threat is? Well, I tried to <laughs> I tried to look and see uh, which state was had was sending ballots to dogs. And to be honest, I couldn't find any examples of that exactly. I did find this story about a voter registration form being sent to a dead cat. The so cat, that, yeah, I think that's what he was thinking of when he said that yesterday. He was like, I think you're thinking of the cat. But you know, I mean, the examples he gave are, are very valid ones. The, you know, mm -hmm. Democrats across the country, and even, as he mentioned, some Republicans have tried to move to this all mail-in ballot voting system, quote, you know, because of coronavirus and, that with that obviously comes massive fraud. We've already seen, you know, in West Virginia, uh, a mail carrier being indicted and pleaded guilty to nine different counts of of changing ballots um, from Democrat to Republican. By the way, so this goes both ways. So you know, the president's not just speaking on behalf of trying to limit fraud against Republicans. This also goes against Democrats. Um, and then in New Jersey, which you are familiar with, Storm and Matt, yeah. Um, yeah. you know these local city council members um, just didn't count 800 ballots in a local election. And, and that's a lot of ballots, throws the election. Yep. 
Um, and they're now being investigated for, for, for election fraud. So, you know, it is true that, you know, how are you going to do first a national election all on mail-in ballots? It's going to take us six months to figure out who, who won. Um, but the other issue is, is the fraud. And, oh, all of a sudden, we just found a dump truck full of ballots that just happened to be for one candidate or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so he says it's a big threat. It absolutely is. And for the people who say that there's no ballot mail-in ballot fraud, is absurd. And then he did make a good distinction about the differences between absentee ballot voting and this mass mail-in ballot system, which a lot of people have been pushing for. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we've seen cases in the past where they're like, oh, we found a truckload of ballots. Oops. Or, you But know, it never happens. It never happens here. According to the and I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> you can go to the liquor store, especially in a state-run liquor store like Virginia during the pandemic, then you can go to vote. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you see people saying, oh, want to go indoor dining. Well, then you can go vote, too. Like, I, I don't see any any issue with that. And he, you're right. He's more concerned about the integrity of the voting system, uh, especially after what we've seen happen in the past. A more interesting thing that I've been thinking about recently, I wanted to get your take real quickly on before we wrap up, is uh, the we have all of these extra ballots out in circulation now, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a very real possibility that we don't know who won the presidential election for potentially days or maybe even a week after it happens? Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, I, mm -hmm. the other issue, too, is like different states have different voter ID laws. So if you're a state that doesn't have voter ID like California and you have a mass for our state voting, now. <laughs> but in Virginia and you have the system where you send out mail in ballots to every registered voter but you have not cleaned up the voter rolls so to say there's 120 percent voters versus population <laughs> which happens all the time but there's no voter id and you're just mailing in ballots well guess what people who want to commit voter fraud do they fill out ballots for dead people and they send them in and then nobody's checking an id this yep. is really basic and stuff Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And New Jersey is notoriously bad with cleaning up their voting rolls because uh, even for two years after I had moved here and told them so, uh, I was still getting sample ballots at my parents' house in Jersey. So, so you can still vote in Jersey? Well, theoretically, yeah. I could have walked into a polling station in Jersey because there's no ID, yeah. signed on the line and voted. And obviously that's committing voter fraud and wouldn't do that, but you know, that, yeah. that's the kind of thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. That's why you have dead people voting in elections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh. I just think it's a, it's, I agree with, you know, what he, his sentiment about, I think, I think the details of what he was saying need to be cleaned up a little bit, but I think that the sentiment of mass mail-in ballots being a huge red flag for massive fraud is absolutely correct. And we have plenty of evidence to show it, even though Democrats and leftists refuse to believe it. Yep. Yeah. And, and two things uh, before uh, we wrap up that you didn't get to hit on the interview because of time constrictions, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on where we at are is Russiagate, you know, the Roger Stone commutation, the Flynn case still continuing, even though they were ordered to dismiss, but mm -hmm. this judge just will not let it go. Where, where do you see those two things going from here? Yeah, we were running out of time and we were probably at minute 17 and, you know, when his staff says to wrap up, I'm a rule follower. So, of course, I start wrapping yeah. up. <laughs> I'm know, like the liberal media. Anyway, I, I did not get a chance to ask him about Roger Stone. I was very interested to know 
why he did a commutation and not a pardon. I wanted to hear his answer on that because I think that's an interesting distinction. And on the the Michael Flynn thing, uh, you know, he's kind of answered that question about how he feels about Michael Flynn. You know, I assume that if things weren't to go his way with the judge, which I think they ultimately will, it's just taking forever, that President Trump would also commute his sentence or give him a full pardon. I don't know. So that's why I was interested in knowing why he chose to do a commutation for Roger Stone versus a pardon. Um, Because a commutation is basically an admission of that the person did something wrong, but they're going to get a lesser sentence or not go to jail, right? So it's just... What I heard Roger Stone say when he was on Hannity was that he preferred the commutation over the pardon because as part of a pardon, he would have to admit guilt um, Mm -hmm. instead of just taking the commutation. Um, I I think he still intends to maybe do some appeals. So I think he wanted to really yeah, I agree. I agree. Walk away. I know. Walk away and, and presidential commutation are like point zero 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 one percent. You got one, yep. just like take it and go. I know. Take the win, right? <laughs> well, the the full interview uh, uh, that Katie had with the president is available on townhall.com. So head on over there to check that out. Thanks so much to you, Katie, for coming on. I know your schedule this afternoon is crazy busy. So thanks. No, thank you. For coming with me and helping me film and get everything ready to go and um, all this work we had to do on the back end. You know, these things are not easy. It's a lot of work. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a blast. It was awesome. It, 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 the, the two seconds where I was miking up the president was the scariest <laughs> moment of my life. So. Yeah. Do you have some tape? Tape? Can you get some tape here? Do we have tape? <laughs> we lost that tape, by the way. Yeah, the tape's gone. The, ta- the tape's gone. It vanished. I want to get away. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Katie. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. And if there's one thing that came even more clear into vision yesterday, being with the president, was that we need to reelect the president. And President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. We will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him at the convention. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text triggered to 88022 today for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention. Again, that's triggered, T-R-I-G-G-E-R-E-D, to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. This message was paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. All right, so uh, let's run through a few more things here before we wrap up the show, and we'll, we'll have another show tomorrow. Uh, the normally scheduled Thursday show to talk about a lot more things, uh, but a few important ones I wanted to hit on. So, uh, you, I think you wrote about this mm-hmm. at Town Hall. Mm-hmm. Bill de Blasio, who is a total disaster, obviously we yes. mentioned that in the interview with Katie. Yeah. He banned all large gatherings in the city to immediately stop and revert back to lockdown status because of COVID-19. Yeah. Except for... Uh, protests. Yeah. You can, you can go protest. Yep. Yet everyone else has to go back inside if you're not doing that. Yeah. So, it, so again, if you don't agree with our political viewpoint... You have to go inside. Yeah. I'm sure they wouldn't say that Second Amendment protests would be allowed, right? Yeah. Just yesterday they announced, the city of Philadelphia announced, that the Eagles will not be allowed to have a crowd at their game. Yeah. So, okay. F- have fun enforcing that. Yeah. 
Come well, on. No, they, well, they could keep you out from inside. But parking lot? The parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody on the Eagles fan pages said, that's okay. We'll just call it an Eagles protest. Yeah. And we'll go tailgate and have a good time. <laughs> but, the, I mean, that's what, that's the point that we're, we're at now yeah. where people say you can't do these things, but you can protest a riot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's totally okay. Yeah. Okay. So then everything in my life is going to become a protest. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm going to protest Wegmans. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could go there anyway. Yeah, I know. You know, it's it's but it, yeah, it's just unbelievable to me yeah. the double standards and the hypocrisy. And speaking of Bill De Blasio in New York City, so the mayor uh, on Friday went out with his crew and painted Black Lives Matter on the street in front of Trump Tower. Yeah. Which yeah. might I add was an incredibly stupid thing to do yeah. as a insult to the president of which you're begging for 7.6 billion dollars for yeah. a bailout of yeah, the city's no. finances. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot he wants a bailout. Yeah. So he wants these billions, yeah. but then he decides to spit in Trump's face and paint this in front of Trump Tower, yeah. right? Yeah. So he does that. But at the same time over the weekend, you know, it's great that he painted this slogan on the street, but it didn't prevent these people from dying this weekend in the city no. that were murdered in cold blood by the animals out there that are emboldened more than ever before because of the disbandment of, you know, the uh, street crimes unit in New York City. $1 billion being cut from the department next yep. year. Thousands uh, of retirements. No overtime pay. Yep. And j just in the past week... And this, this story was written on Monday. Yeah. So this number has gone up. Yeah. But just from the time that he painted that freaking mural on the street or mural, whatever the fuck you yeah, want to call yeah, it, yeah. 45 New Yorkers were shot. Oh. Which White over, Dinkins. White over Dinkins, the same period is a 300% increase because 13 were shot during that period last year. On Sunday, a one-year-old infant was shot in the stomach. Ugh. When an unknown assailant opened fire on the family who was having a barbecue in their backyard, he died at the hospital. Two boys aged 12 and 15 were also shot this week as the random surge of violence continues to plague the city. Here's what was most interesting. The mayor has a uh, great responsiveness to Black Lives Matter, oh, right? God. But this black life didn't matter. No. no. This one-year-old kid no. who was about to turn two next month. Yep. The family didn't hear from the mayor. No. Didn't hear from the governor. Nobody. No. Nobody but, called him. But somebody vandalized that BLM mural outside Trump Tower. But they got on, they got on it right away, and Bill De Blasio made sure to tweet to everybody that no one touches his mural. <laughs> I hope that they deface that air quote mural as much yeah, as possible. I know. Because. If that's a form of approved speech, yeah. then painting over it should be a form yeah. of approved speech, right? You have that couple out in California that painted over it. They're oh, being, they're charged, being charged, with hate, hate yeah, charged with hate crimes. They're being charged with hate crimes, I know. Hate crimes. This is woke governance, folks. Yep. This is woke governance and where they really – they just don't care about <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they just don't care. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the president is very clear that crime is skyrocketing in these Democrat-run cities and that if they continue to refuse to get these cities under control, he's going to take additional steps. Uh, you know, they broke up Seattle because of him because yes. he was going to send in the guard the next morning. Yeah. But they said, OK, no, 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 we'll yeah. do it. We'll do yeah. it. But also – and two people died 
during the course of that right, chop right. love zone, too. You have... Uh, and the governor didn't contact, or the mayor didn't contact their families either. Right, right. So, And we're going to talk a lot more tomorrow about rising crime in these major American cities yeah. when we have uh, Mark Water on mm-hmm. our show from the Trump campaign, uh, Director of Strategic Communications, I believe is his title. We're going to have him on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot about what these Democrat cities are failing to do as so-called leaders. Yeah. Right? They're ruling politically, but doing nothing. Right? Their motivation is, well, we got to abolish the police. I mean, you're going to see what's going to happen if you abolish the police. They already voted to do it in Minneapolis. But meanwhile, while this is happening, you have police officers continuing to be killed or assaulted. You had two officers in Texas, Officer Garza and Chavez, were shot and killed responding to a domestic disturbance call. Keep in mind, that is the exact type of call that the Democrats say should be answered by a social worker. Yeah. That's exactly what they yeah. say, right? And yep. Kaylee McEnany, who's great, said that – I think this – was this yesterday or was this on uh, Friday? I think it might have been Friday. But Kaylee McEnany had a great tribute to these officers. Um, so why don't you go ahead and play that clip? We honor the lives and the service of Officer Garza and Officer Chavez. This president will always stand on the side of law enforcement and the heroes who protect and serve. Oh, so this was during the uh, briefing on Monday. Yeah. It was during the briefing yeah. on Monday. These officers were killed over the weekend. Just today, like we mentioned with Katie, the NYPD had assaults on their officers. Yeah. The it's department, open season. The department chief. Yeah. The chief of the department who kneeled with these fucking protesters got bashed was in the head. sent to the hospital. I mean, maybe he'll know yeah. now that yeah. you shouldn't kneel no. to the mob. Don't kneel to you the mob. You never kneel to the mob. And speaking of the mob, a few things here. We talked about Mark McCluskey, the St. Louis attorney who brandished his legally owned firearm last month when a leftist mob stormed through the gate of their private uh, property. Uh, he says he believes he's going to be indicted. That would be a total affront to the justice yeah, system ridiculous. if that were to happen. I mean, total witch hunt. And will be thrown out, I assume, if if adjudicated properly. Yeah. Uh, because, like we mentioned earlier, I think this was a completely yeah. legal situation. But you never know. Mike Flynn has been adjudicated properly at the tail end of this fiasco, and he's still in legal purgatory. So yep. We have a supporter of President Trump, a campaign worker, in fact, yeah. Jeremiah Cota, uh, who's the director of strategic initiatives for Arizona Trump Victory, said that he was accosted – by a Bath and Body Works manager simply for wearing a mask the bath that had body. Trump on it. <laughs> the Bath and Body Works goes to war with Trump. Yep. And <laughs> as he was walking by, she yelled, fuck Donald Trump. Oh. And uh, so he stopped and went over to ask if he misheard her, and she said no. Let's listen to that clip. Are you the manager? I am her. Bath and Body Works? What did you say again, ma'am? Have a good night. You said fuck Donald Trump? Yeah, that's what that's how I feel. Thank you. Okay. And then you have the These good old... insane. Yeah, you have the good old Nancy Pelosi, who has, you know, a lot of things to say about Roger Stone's commutation, where no real crime was committed, no. let's be real. Yeah. I mean, this is a fucking joke. Yeah, his prosecution was based on a fraud. So. Total political witch hunt. But you have uh, her saying that... You know, if they want to tear down the Columbus statue in Baltimore, of which, by the way, she's an Italian, so she's a traitor to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says they're going to do what they want. Let's take a listen to her response. No, 
done by a, respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. The smirk yeah. and is, is odd. Interestingly enough, let's take a flashback, right? Back in 2009, during the debate of Obamacare, which Democrats shoved down America's throat with no Republican votes, yeah. Nancy Pelosi had a lot to say. She accused Republican opponents of being inauthentic astroturf activists, smeared them as swastika-toting Nazi sympathizers, and, uh, oh, she put on a little emotional show, you know, a little fake tears, little crocodile tears, uh, about a, quote, climate of violence. So let's take a listen to that. I think we all have to take responsibility for our actions and our words. The, uh, we are a free country, and this balance between freedom and uh, uh, safety is one that we have to carefully uh, balance. Uh, I have concerns about some of the language that is, is being used because I saw, I saw this myself um, in the late 70s in San Francisco, this kind of, of, of uh, rhetoric was, was, was very frightening and it gave, it created a climate in which we, violence took place. And uh, uh, so I, I wish that we would all again uh, curb our enthusiasm in some of the statements that are made so understanding that, that uh, some of the people, the ears that are, it is falling on are not as balanced uh, as the person making the statement might assume. Uh, but again, uh, our country is great because people can say what they think and they believe. Uh, but I also think that they have to take responsibility for any incitement that um, they may cause. Yeah, quite the difference 10 yeah, years yeah, makes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe she had a little too much Botox injected into her face uh, <laughs> when she said that. Next, obviously a lot of people know about the Goya boycott or the boycott for the GOP side. Yeah. Uh, Goya Food CEO refuses to apologize for meeting with President Trump and saying that President Trump is doing a great job. And, uh, you know, he said, I'm not apologizing for, for saying, and especially if you're called by the President of the United States, you're going to say, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy, no thank you. I didn't say that to the Obamas, and I didn't, I didn't say that to President Trump. I mean, we're at a point now where CEOs of food companies need to be sufficiently woke or the left won't deem you to be a product that should yeah, be able to be bought in the United States. I know. It's I mean, where, where are we going with? And then this is the most egregious yeah. and disgusting. So this is uh, apparently a young woman was fatally shot last weekend in Indianapolis over the term All Lives Matter. The victim, Jessica Doty Whitaker, was among a group of people hanging out along a canal in that area. Her fiancé, Jose Ramirez, says someone in their group, quote, used a slang version of the N-word. A slang version? I don't know what that means. What does means, that even but, mean? But, let's play. Let's, let's, let's guess. I'm no, there's kidding. no clips. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when they were approached by another group. Uh, both groups were armed, the report states, and that's why they were separated. The groups then fist-bumped and walked away from each other. Apparently it was settled. However... Minutes later, Ramirez claims that the killer opened fire on his fiance from a nearby bridge and then ran away. Oh, God. Uh, so, but apparently the thing that got her killed was she said all lives matter as part of a resolution of this dispute. Ugh. 
And you know, if they used a slang version yeah, of the no, N word, yeah, 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 again, yeah. not not you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah. but 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 if there's a slang version, I don't know what that is. is isn't isn't the N word already slang? I don't know. Oh, whatever. But it's, regardless, it's not actually, but regardless, it's a, it's that doesn't a, a, that doesn't a, give a you slur, license. Sorry. That doesn't give you license to no, pull out a gun no, and kill someone. Of course not. It's not a license to kill. This isn't James Bond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not how this. James works. Bond is insane in that movie. By the yep. way, that that, that <laughs> license one, yeah. to kill. He's nuts. <laughs> Who's the villain in that one? That's oh, like, it's Robert Davi. Good conservative. Yes. Yeah, good yeah, conservative. Yeah. By he the way. Yeah. He's it's 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 the drug one. Real quickly here, let's talk about sports yeah. because sports oh teams God. are now completely under fire yeah. for their names of their organizations. We have the Washington Redskins, which I will call them the Redskins forever, are no longer the Redskins. And you have the Texas Rangers being assaulted by the left-wing mob for yes. white supremacists because yeah. the Can't Ranger. Be they have to go. You yep. have the Indians, the Cleveland Indians that are under attack. The Atlanta Braves are under attack for their tomahawk chop chant that they have there. Uh, you have the Kansas City Chiefs. The list goes on and on. The The real question is, when does this end? Never? No. In their mind? Does no. it never end, right? Because say you get rid of this group of names, they're then going to find another group of insufficiently woke names for themselves. Yeah. Right? I mean, next what? You're going to say the Yankees are racist? Oh, yeah. Yankees are definitely, I mean, you, you, definitely you, right? I mean... It's we're we're going to get to the point where fireworks are going to – I think I mentioned this before. Fireworks are going to be racist well, for 4th of July. Well, they already said that celebrating America was a white supremacist yeah. holiday. So, so they're already I mean, ahead of the curve I mean, on that one, it's right? Not, it's not far away from that. So, And let's talk about Joe Biden because we're going to talk a lot more about Joe Biden tomorrow with Mark Water. Uh, but the Biden gaffe of the day, we have, uh, we have one gaffe, one reminder, and one very sad question. So – uh, let's take a listen as Joe Biden's handlers repeatedly, re- repeatedly try to cut off an interviewer's questions after Biden botches basic facts. Roll that clip. You, you've said that you regret. Most would agree, Mr. Biden, that Russia is not our friend. It never has been. And then you got, I mean, that's just ridiculous because, of course, you know, the most inaccessible candidate yeah. of all time, the nominee of all time. Happy tax day today, because today is the extended tax day. Oh, uh, I know. Uncle Sam. Deadline. Yeah. But reminder that Joe Biden pledged to eliminate the president's tax cuts and raise a slew of new taxes on the middle middle class. Great. Roll that clip. And the fact of the matter is, there is plenty, plenty of money to go around. The first thing I would do as president was eliminate the president's tax cut. Last but not least, yesterday, after Biden gave his carefully scripted teleprompter speech, which he could barely get through without making a gaffe, uh, the press actually, for once, yelled out to him, how about some questions? Roll that clip. Mr. Vice President, time for a few questions. Just keeps walking. Yeah. Just keeps walking away. I mean, when really... Are they going to say this guy who's supposed to be campaigning to be the next president of the United States? Can't hack it. When is he going to ha- answer yeah. one question? Yeah. One unscripted question, right? Is that too much to ask? The because- silence in the room when he gives these press conferences, is, yeah. it, it's it's disturbing. I mean, like, what are you going to – like, God, he, he come had, on. He hadn't answered an unscripted question before the pandemic. Yeah. We're now going on probably about six months where this guy who wants to be president hasn't been asked a question yet. Hasn't answered a question. 
I mean, that's just sad. That's just sad. It but doesn't it, bode well for the debates. Does well, that's, not bode well for the well, debates. Well, that's why the theory is that there yeah. will be no debates, but yeah. we'll see. But I'm just saying. We'll but all it takes is one debate to torpedo all of these suppression polls. Very true. Out, so. Very true. But uh, good news of the day, real quick before we wrap up. The first coronavirus vaccine is showing promising results, meaning it's likely to begin a first-round clinical trial. The researchers say that the vaccine boosted people's immune systems, which could be enough to protect against the virus. The vaccine was developed by the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and Moderna Incorporated. So That's good. We will see. And these vaccines, I've heard, could be, can be mass-manufactured. Yeah, it's a very Just encouraging. scale, right? Large it's very scale. encouraging. What, what, what's, I mean, what, what's that technical term? <laughs> yeah, mass scale. Yeah, mass yeah. scale. Yeah. But and distribution. The yeah. distribution's more yeah. important. We can have but, tens of millions of uh, doses by next year. So. Yeah, President Trump said yesterday that he has essentially lined up the distribution arm of the military to be ready to be called into action yeah. the second that we have vaccines that we could distribute. Nice. So that'll be great. But that opens up another can of worms because this nation and vaccines has always been another touchy, touchy, touchy subject. So we'll yeah, see Yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of people that don't want to get it. Yeah, rich liberals in Marin County. Um, I could tell you. <laughs> I mean, well, I've heard from a lot of conservatives too that they don't want to. Which that's their personal choice. Whatever, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But don't say that. Don't if you're a liberal, don't pride yourself in being we're the party of science, and then basically just regurgitate a discredited and now I believe uh, stripped of Wakefield got stripped of his medical credentials. Yeah, yeah. Of this, so he's a quack doctor. I mean, I can so, tell you that personally, I will be getting the vaccine no matter what they put out because I'd like to go back to being. The America yeah. that we know and love. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah, agreed. I might, will, I might get it. We will be back here tomorrow for another episode of Triggered uh, with Mark Water, who's the director of strategic communications for the Donald Trump 2020 presidential campaign. That should be an interesting show. We're going to talk a lot about Joe Biden and, again, about why this election is the election of your lifetimes, whether you're in your 20s or 30s like us or whether you're in your 80s or 90s. Yeah. This is the election to keep us from sliding into socialism and really saving the country that we know and love. Like President Trump said yesterday, uh, we have to beat these people. Otherwise, America is going to be destroyed. Yeah. So we'll be back here tomorrow. And on Friday, we will have a special Friday episode <gasps> with Colonel Kurt Schlichter. It will be the Schlichter special. It was supposed to happen Monday. We had to move it back because of the president's interview yesterday with Katie. So we will be here on Friday for a special episode. Awesome. And that one will assuredly be totally unhinged. Yeah. And we will be talking a lot about Never Trumpers and uh, other acts that we'll get into on that day. Yes. So <laughs> we'll be back here then. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Triggered. And, of course, be sure to text Triggered to 88022.